0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Jessica Stevens here, your host of I Just Blank, Now What? Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me today for another Now What Wednesday. We are in the final wraps of season three. Can you believe it? Just a couple more episodes to go. And can't wait to be taking a mini break over the holidays and come back fresh in the new year. So I'm super excited about Season four. So, thank you again for all hanging out with me this season. It's been such a blast. All right, so let's get to it. Today's episode is I just felt like a fraud, now what? And I don't know about you all, but sometimes I've felt the same way. There's definitely been moments of my life where I thought that it was, I was. It was more than imposter syndrome that I was feeling. It felt a little bit more like, ah, oh, this is so not me, but this is what everyone thinks that I am. So I can I can kind of relate to this the title of this episode, but trust me, when you listen in, uh, you're going to learn a lot about Karen's journey and why she felt like a fraud in her life. As a former spiritual healer, Karen realized her clients were not getting better. She was frustrated that she could not deliver the results her clients wanted, even though she was trying lots of different healing modalities and coaching techniques. Karen knew she also wasn't getting the changes she wanted in her own life. She secretly lacked any confidence in her ability to change. Her adult life was stalled. In a fresh new search for answers, Karen found the missing piece that would Ultimately, transform her life and her clients. There's something very profound in owning that she is the problem in her own life. This awareness pushed her to confront herself and get serious about herself and her life. Karen is now fulfilled in her life and teaches others the same journey she had taken to find herself and be happy. Karen calls herself the happiness mentor and teaches an online happiness course for women called Awakened Grace. So without further ado, let's get to the now what? Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank, now what? Me too, friend, me too. I've had quite a few actually, and in the moment I never knew what I was gonna do next. Of course I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own, I just blank, now what stories so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Friends, have you ever thought, I should start an affirmation practice? Now what? Well, that's where the My Affirmation Kit can help. It's the ABCs of affirmations to help those who don't know how to begin or even what to say get started. Yes, it's an actual kit that has all you need to start an affirmation practice to add to your daily routine. The kit comes complete with an affirmation exercise workbook to guide you through writing your personal affirmations, a crystal intention pen to make the act of writing your intentions energized, and keepsake cards to display your own powerful and personal affirmations. You can post them on a mirror, next to your monitor, on the fridge, use as a bookmark, wherever and whenever you need a reminder of what you're affirming. To learn more or to order your affirmation kit, head to myaffirmationkit.com and use promo code nowwhite 10 to get 10% off. You can also grab crystal healing products like pens, bracelets, water bottles, gratitude journals, notebooks, affirmation cards, vision boards, and iced coffee mugs. Head to myaffirmationkit.com and use promo code Now What 10 to get 10% off your entire purchase at MyAffirmationKit.com. That's Now What 10. So head over and start your affirmation practice today. All right. Hi, Karen.
1: Hi, Jessica. Thanks so much for having me.
0: I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Um, it's been a minute since you and I originally connected, so it's really nice to see you again and have you on the show. And you are sharing something that we like to talk about on the podcast often, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so even though it's a kind of different twist on the story, it's all about you know not showing up as your authentic self. So your story today is, I just felt like a fraud, <laughs> now mm-hmm. what? Yeah. But, Before we get into the story, what do you want people to know about you? Like, obviously, I just read your wonderful bio to everybody, but I always Mm -hmm. love guests to share a little bit about themselves in their own words. What do you want the people to know about you?
1: Of course. So I call myself the happiness mentor because I have been on a journey myself over about the last eight years to really learning how to be happy in my life and be what I call a true teacher where I'm actually living, what I teach and able to do in my life, what I, what I share and, and teach my clients and students. And it's been an incredible journey. So I'm excited to get in today and, and to share a little bit about my story and, and journey to get here as the happiness mentor and really being able to share what happiness is and what that looks like and, and how we get there because it's the one thing that all 8 billion people on this planet continue to search for. And I feel very blessed to have found a path that works for me and that I get to share with other people that it can resonate with and really help.
0: Yay. I love that. So yeah, Mm -hmm. this, that is, you know, I, we've, none of us have ever really arrived by any stretch Mm -hmm. of the imagination. We're always improving. We're always working on ourselves. You know, it's, it's an ongoing thing, but you have kind of gotten to this happy place. Now, after quite a long journey of, you know, your past life, where even though you were doing a lot of different things, you were not feeling that joy and that happiness Mm -hmm. and contentment. So why did not you rewind the tape for us? Take us back to, you know, Karen of the past, what was going on in your life? What were you doing? And why did you feel like a fraud?
1: So I am 38, I'll be 39 in November. And when I was 26, I was coming out of a really self-destructive time in my life and started seeking help. And the first place that I started looking for help and trying to find answers to myself, trying to find answers to figure life out was in therapy. And it helped for a little bit just to have some coping skills. And then it, didn't really get me to where I wanted to be. I wasn't getting out of my problems. I wasn't getting out of the limitations in myself and the places I was stuck. So I felt a deeper call, Jessica, to really seek more spiritually and Mm -hmm. to find a connection to myself, to find deeper meaning and purpose to who I am in my life. And so I started off on a pretty extensive spiritual path where I had a friend who studied shamanism and she worked with a shamanic healer and she suggested that I start looking into that and seeing if that resonated with me so I started studying shamanism and started training as a practitioner I became a. and he loved you loved it at the
0: time right I like, did it, at the it was time it was yeah helping.
1: Mm-hmm. at the time I was drawn to it it resonated with me but here was the interesting thing is that if it really, truly worked for me, and I'm just sharing from my own experience, not diminishing anybody else's experience, this is just mine and the people that are drawn to work with me, this is often their experience as well. And they feel so relieved because they felt like they were crazy or like, why, why is this not really working? And what I realized now is that if what I was doing in shamanic work actually allow me to connect with myself actually taught me how to be who I am and be authentic, then I would have stopped there. I would not have continued seeking. And that was not the case. (laughs) So then I started studying Reiki and energy medicine. I became a yoga teacher. I taught meditation. I had over 250 self-help books on my bookshelf. And what I came to realize, so this was probably a 25-year journey. So I got to, I had my own healing practice where people came to me to get better in themselves, get better in their lives, came to me for answers. And I hit a point at 31 where I still felt incredibly insecure on the inside. I still had all the same behavior issues and would just go around in circles and circles and circles. And I felt really lost. And I was at this place of what I call a 30 something crisis of like, is, is this going to be my life? Like I was checking the boxes to have a good life. Mm -hmm. I was doing what I considered meaningful work, looked like meaningful work to others. But on the inside, I still felt like I didn't know who I was. My marriage and relationship was a wreck. I still had really challenging relationships with my family. Nothing I was doing was working to get me to a place where I felt whole and fulfilled in myself, which was what I wanted more than anything. And I had to make a choice that either what I was learning didn't work for me Mm -hmm. or I wasn't doing it right, which is what I was always thinking, like, what's wrong with me that I'm not doing it right? Like, I must mm-hmm. need to just do more. <laughs> I must just need to go practice more yoga or get more, more meditation. Energy or,
0: yeah, there exactly. is that th- this constant
1: like need yeah, to a top con- up or do more or tweak it or adjust it. Yeah. yeah. And so I was very fortunate to meet my mentors who, in a very kind and yet direct way, helped me to see that I was the problem in my life and that my answers were not in the books. My answers were not in the healers. My answers were not in yoga or even meditation, that they were actually in me. And so I had to see in hindsight that everything I had been doing that I thought was bringing me closer to myself was actually bringing me further away from myself because I was looking for me out here, out here in the world, in the books, and the healers, and the people, And I wasn't,
0: and all the different modalities. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I felt like a fraud because on the inside, I still didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel like me. I didn't, I knew I wasn't being true to myself, but I didn't know how to get out of it. And all these people were coming to me for their answers and to heal and get better in their lives. Yet I was still spinning around in circles in my life. And that's why I felt like a fraud. And so I had to find a new path. And I had to go in a different direction than what I had been doing and actually see that all the modalities, even yoga and even meditation and all the self-help books I was reading, I had to actually see that for me, those weren't being true to myself Mm. and that that was okay. Yeah. And it's okay.
0: I love that part. So it's interesting because so many people Right now, especially in the state of the world that we're in, are leaving the corporate world, you know, exiting that space because that is who they thought they needed to be and what they needed to do and go and earn the money and climb the corporate ladders and are exiting into these different modalities, right? Some are becoming holistic teachers or they're doing meditation and yoga and that that is kind of their promised land and it and it works for them but it's really interesting to hear that even in those industries and and modalities and spaces there's those who it's not right for just the same way how the corporate world is not right for some people these modalities aren't right are are the right fit for for others so you know i love the fact that it's it's not a one size fits all solution Mm -hmm. for all people. Some people thrive in the corporate world. Some of them are doing so well in that space. And if you, you put them somewhere else, they would be like, like a fish out of water. Mm -hmm. And so kind of, we have to remember that, you know, even though meditation and yoga and spiritual work and all that stuff is great modalities and outlets for some people who are coming from another very stressful, toxic place. And that is their promised land. It's not the promised land for everybody.
1: It's not. And I would say from another perspective, having been a a yoga teacher, having taught meditation, having done all those different modalities, they can be wonderful for stress. They can be wonderful for being able to slow down for a period of time, Mm -hmm. but they do not work long term. And what I have learned on my path and and journey is that there actually is a one size fits all for learning how to be happy. It doesn't mean that it resonates with everyone or everybody will want to take that path, but it's, it, it works and because it's, it's a path to really connect with ourselves and what I learned and now being on this side and knowing what it takes to connect with myself and really, truly get to know me, I can look at the books I would read. I can look at the things that I taught in yoga and recognize, oh, that's not it. Those things can do certain things, but they don't actually connect us to ourselves because now I know what that path looks like. And so it's been a really fascinating journey to get to that place. And I work with people from all walks of life. Mainly, I work with women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, who have had different journeys through their life, but they all end up at this one point of feeling like an imposter in their lives, that they're not who they say they are, and that they feel like, is is this all there's is this all there's going to be? Like, is there, am I ever going to figure myself out or am I just going to keep running from one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, trying to figure myself out. And that's very much what my experience was in seeking and on my spiritual path was running from one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, trying to figure myself out. And as humans, we do that in all kinds of ways. We do that from changing jobs to changing total career paths to, moving partners. Yeah. To getting in a relationship, to having kids, to you know, selling everything and going on the road and traveling and being like a full-time nomad. I don't know if that's the correct phrase or not, but I've heard yeah. some people use that. I've had a few clients who did that and they come to me and they I thought this would be the thing that made me happy and I'm as miserable as I've ever been, if not more. And that's our human condition of constantly in the pursuit. Of happiness and never actually finding it. Because what we have to realize that we've all known as adults and we've all heard so many different times throughout our lives is that no one and nothing can make you happy, that happiness is an inside job. So when we leave something to go to the next thing to think that will make us happy, it never actually does because things and people can't make us happy. And I didn't know when I was on my spiritual journey, I was necessarily looking for happiness. But now that I'm on this path and realize, oh, this is what I was looking for all along. And recognizing happiness is something very different than we even think it to be in our human experience. We want it to be joy. We want it to be pleasure. We want it to be like feeling happy. And that's not it. That's not what it is.
0: Wow. Okay. So continue the journey for us. So you yeah. met, you meet these amazing people who mm. kind of give you the hard knock life, tough love lesson of being mm. like, Karen, it's not all of this. It's you. Yep. Absolutely. And that was, a total- was that like a punch in the gut? Like, did that? No, peel?
1: it oh. wasn't actually,
0: you okay. know,
1: it, it, you would think that it would be, but it actually wasn't because somewhere in me from all the people, That I had been working with and all the people I'd been seeing who validated all my stories of, you know, things about my upbringing or my parents or this relationship or that relationship or this job or this boss or whatever it was. My story at the time, they all validated my story and fed into it. And so it was actually really refreshing. For someone to be like, "It's you, because somewhere deep inside me, not that I would like let myself know it, but somewhere in me, I knew that. So for somebody to call it out and say, "You're the problem," was so refreshing, And then also for them to, to, to help me see, your answers are in you. Like, you are actually the answer. You are the tool. Yeah, you are the answer. You're the one that you've been searching for. That was all really refreshing. And it opened up just a whole new path and a whole paradigm shift to really begin to build a relationship with myself and develop integrity. And it was really through developing a sense of integrity, really being the best me that I could be, not just not for other people, not to get validation from out here, not to meet society standards, but to actually start to be in and, and live my life being the best that I can be for me and not just when people are looking. The definition I use for integrity is who I am when no one is looking, mm-hmm. being the best I can be and doing my best when no one is looking. That's all for me. And when we live a path of practicing and, and doing our best to have integrity And to have character and the type of person that we are, not for other people, not because that's who we should be, not because that's what society wants us to be, but because that's who we want to be for ourselves to feel good about who we are. Mm -hmm. That's the path my mentors have taught me in really learning how to be happy. And it started by building a relationship with myself and beginning to slow down and develop self-awareness to make different choices in my life that allowed me to feel good about who I am, because that's how I define happy. That happy isn't about feeling happy. It's not about joy. That being happy is feeling good about who you are and only wanting to be you and only wanting the life you have, not because of what you have or who you have in your life, but because you feel good about yourself and you embrace life as an opportunity to grow and learn and become the best version of yourself. And in that, we develop internal self-value. Instead of looking for all of our value externally and people and things, we develop a sense of internal value. And it all comes from a path of integrity of being the best we can be for ourselves, again, to feel good about who we are. And that's really what happiness is.
0: Ooh. Right. That's like, ah, that is so refreshing too. Okay. So tell me, Karen, Mm -hmm. when you got that, you know, big aha moment statement that, that it was you. Mm -hmm. And then they started sharing like about integrity and how being out of integrity really is, you know, a false sense, a a false you, right. You're, Mm -hmm. you're not being true to yourself. You're not being true to others. Be getting into integrity is, is, is the lane and in the path. Mm-hmm. What were your steps to go from yeah. this Karen? Yeah. <laughs> to Karen, who is living in integrity
1: and ultimately yeah. therefore then happy. What were, yeah. what did you do? Absolutely. So the concept that really shifted my experience of myself and my experience of my life to feel good about myself, to be happy, One, I had to realize everything I was doing wasn't true to myself. And that was a journey in itself, but then so freeing to let go of so much that just wasn't me and wasn't working to help me develop self-value and feel good about who I am. So Mm -hmm. the one concept that actually helped me to do that is what I call parenting myself. And parenting ourselves is the opposite of how we live when we are out of integrity. So when we are out of integrity with who we are, we do what we want when we want. And I was the queen of doing what I wanted when I wanted, whether it was I'm getting Ben and Jerry's for a third night in a row, I don't care, or I'm going through the drive through or I'm going to bench watch this show, even though I have these things to do that really need to get done. To even how I would treat people in my life and not caring how I showed up or how I affected other people, like just very self-centered. So how, um, how
0: your actions not only in, impacted
1: your own life, but other people's lives. Other people. Absolutely. Okay. And so doing what I want to do when I want to do it is really this fantasy that we all as humans are kind of striving for, I can remember being a kid or a teenager and like, I can't wait till I'm an adult and I can do what I want. It's how we think if we can structure our lives to have more time freedom, to have more space to do what we want, then we would be happy. But it's actually when we do what we want, when we want to do it, it's actually being a big grown-up child where we throw temper tantrums when we're faced with our responsibilities in life and the things that we need to do that show us that we value ourselves, that we are working towards what we want in life. And it makes us feel really bad about who we are. And it's this, this pervasive way in which we live our lives that until we shine a flashlight on it, we might not even see because it's just, it's how we are living. And we're not slowing down to consider what do I need? What's going to make me feel good about myself? What's something I know I need to do that if I don't do, I'm going to feel really bad about myself and, and feel off track and that I'm behind in my life. So and that pair- shame and the shame and
0: the guilt, shame stories. and the
1: guilt. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then what ends up happening in our humanness is instead of recognizing that that shame, that guilt, that feeling bad about ourselves, that lack of internal self-value is coming from us and our own choices and decisions. We begin to look at the different things and people in our life that we think are making us feel that way. So we'll look to our job, we'll look to our spouse, we'll look to our family, we'll look to friends, we'll look to the government or the things going on in the news. And we think those are the things making us feel really bad about ourselves or that we're not where we want to be in our lives. And the problem with that is then we have no ability to change. Because the problem is now outside of us and the control is outside of us. And now we need these things out here to change or we need to somehow change them, which is impossible, to feel better and to be where we want to be. And it's this big trap. So parenting myself is how I learned to do the things I knew that I know I need to do, even when I don't want to do them. And parenting myself is a very active, engaged process. It's not just a going through the checklist and checking off the things we need to do. It's actually being really engaged with myself to feel the temper tantrum. <laughs> Who knew as adults, we have temper tantrums, but we absolutely do. Oh, we do. absolutely do. <laughs> absolutely. Um,
0: I think we actually have more temper tantrums as adults than we did as a kid. I,
1: I know that, that is a true statement for me, Jessica, a hundred percent and in parenting, you actually have to be engaged with yourself to catch the temper tantrums, to catch the the fight against yourself of what you're not wanting to do. And then actually lovingly, but sternly hold yourself accountable. Like, hey, I know you want to sit on the couch right now and watch your show, but you really need to get your lunch together and get your laundry done and maybe go for a little walk so that you feel good about yourself. It's all in the name of doing the things that that show you that you are important to you. And that's where you do the best that you can do in life. It's not about being perfect. It's not about doing everything right. It's really about doing our best. And when we parent ourselves, we are doing our best and we're living in integrity, which helps us to feel good about who we are. And that's how we become happy. It's not about the things we're doing in our life. It's not about our accomplishments or the things we acquire. It's who am I to myself and how do I show up in the world to feel good about myself because I'm doing my best. And that's where everyone else then gets the best of us too. And our relationships thrive and everything we're doing in our lives is supported by us being the best we can be. And that's integrity.
0: So what were the physical manifestations um, of you now yeah. being in integrity of your li- in your life. Yeah. What shifted? Like, oh what, my gosh. What, hap- what happened?
1: So much shifted. So when I started on this journey of really building a relationship with myself, learning how to be in, te- in integrity with who I am mm-hmm. and making a deep commitment to do my best in life and to pick myself up when I fall and to keep going and recommit from that place, when before I started that, my marriage was falling apart um, Mm -hmm. because I was unhappy on the inside, meaning I didn't feel good about who I was. And my husband was the target of that experience of myself and thinking that it, it was him, that he wasn't doing enough to make me feel important. He wasn't connected. He wasn't engaged in the relationship. And that's why I was unhappy. So as I began to know that I was the problem and really work on myself, oh my gosh, then I saw the amazing man that I married that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. And I realized, oh my gosh, he's not any of those things that I was creating in my head. So now my husband and I have an incredible relationship where we are very much in a dance. I call it the dance of marriage and learning how to grow and learn with each other through life without Mm -hmm. depending on each other to fill each other up or take care of each other. So my marriage completely shifted. I had so much blame towards my parents and so much blame towards my family that honestly, if you had told me 10 years ago, Karen, in 10 years, you won't have any of that and you will love your family and accept them for who they are and you won't have any of the hurt and pain that you've been carrying, I probably would have slammed a door in your face and like you have, you don't know my family and you don't know what I've been through. That's how entrenched I was in my stories and in my blame. None of that is there anymore. Not to say challenges don't come up. I don't want to make happy. is not about getting to this place where you can coast and everything is wonderful and your life fits in this nice little box. It's about embracing the ups and downs as a way to grow and learn. So not Mm -hmm. saying there's never challenges with my marriage or my family, but that blame isn't there. That feeling of being trapped and unable to thrive in those relationships is not there. I used to be just in constant anxiety, constant anxiety of worrying about what would go wrong next or did I do this right? Did I do that right? Am I going to get in trouble for this? Am I going to get in trouble for that? And just constant anxiety and a constant loop of negativity in my head, that's no longer there from being an in integrity and doing my best in my life. I know how to navigate my emotional state. I know how to be in control of my emotional state without stuffing and pretending I don't have negative or difficult emotions but actually recognizing them and being able to use them as a way, again, to grow and learn in life and Mm -hmm. see things for what they are and be in control of myself because I'm taking responsibility for me and I'm taking responsibility for my life. So that emotional upheaval and all the anxiety is gone. I love the work I get to do with my clients because I'm actually living it. Mm -hmm. So there's no longer a sense of, feeling like a fraud or feeling like i'm teaching something i can't do and it's so refreshing now whereas before i i thought that i had to be perfect and i had to present this perfect version of myself to help people mm-hmm. which was so much pressure and led to so much burnout now being able to just be me and and share appropriately with my clients like hey i went through this challenge too or hey I'm still going through this challenge, but here's how the vulnerability and the openness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Here's how we navigate this. And to be able to come from that place feels so good and so genuine that to be able to share that and and to help others and help others learn a a true roadmap on, on how to be happy. I just feel really, really blessed for my life and and very blessed for the journey that I took and all the twists and turns and And what that looked like, because it's what led me to today and and into who I am today and just feeling incredibly grateful for my journey and and for my life and and what I get to do. And and from a humble place of I'm on this journey as well, and I'm human and I fall down and have to get back up. And it's really nice to be able to share those things.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. Well, congratulations. I want to acknowledge you for doing the work and being the parent, being your own parent. Yep. So question for you, I have, I have actually a bunch of questions. So first one, what was your child parent relationship as a kid? Right. So obviously you mentioned like struggles with your family, Mm. you know, did you not have that example of parenting when you were a child?
1: No, that's not it at all. <laughs> so, Cause
0: I cuz I'm thinking yeah. like, oh, the listeners are thinking are like, well, I had really great parents. I know like yeah, I I no. I I modeled what they're doing. Well, yeah. I am I am a parent to my children. I, you know, that's yeah. what I'm teaching, but how do you yeah. become a parent having good parents and being a good parent doesn't mean you're a good parent to yourself.
1: No, not at all. Yeah. It it from my what I teach in in my journey and what I I share with others is that there's a totally different way to look at our issues and challenges than connecting it to our childhood and to our parents, that that's one path and that's one way. But for me in my journey that kept me completely stuck because the blame and the responsibility was on my parents, instead of looking at me as an adult and what is it about me and for me, from my childhood. And I would have told you something different 10 years ago because I was so stuck in my stories and in my blame, but being on the other side of it, I had a pretty typical childhood. Yes, there was dysfunction in my family, but now in working with so many people and in connecting with so many people, we've all got a little dysfunction from our childhood, some more extreme than others, Yeah. but that's just our humanness because none of us came into this world knowing how to do these things that we're talking about. Today, that there was no manual to life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, no, my parents were my dad's a retired master chief from the United States Navy. Okay. So, I grew up with lots of rules and consequences and, and good discipline parenting and, and discipline. Like, okay. I was a very rebellious child. So, I, I was very rebellious as a young child, as a middle schooler, as a teenager. I was the quiet rebel. I wasn't like the in-your-face, like punk rocker rebel. But I I, I constantly went against my parents' rules, constantly did what I wanted. And there was nothing they were going to do about that. They, The more they tried to parent me, the worse I acted out. And now I see that it's not a result of my relationship with my parents or because of my childhood. I see it as it's our humanness. We've never, ever been taught how to show up in our lives for ourselves and to build value within ourselves. We are wired as humans and then our culture reinforces it. We're wired to look outside of ourselves for our sense of meaning and purpose, for our sense of value in who we are. And that's not our parents' fault or society's fault or anybody's, it's our humanness. And so really learning to like go of, and not to say it doesn't still happen because the journey is up and down and we're human, we're not machines, but really being on this path of learning to let go of looking for my meaning and purpose and my relationships and in my external world and develop it within myself. That's what's allowed me to really learn to parent myself and do the things that make me feel good about myself. And I had to take that away from having anything to do with my past or my upbringing or my parents, because as as long as I thought it was somehow them, I was trapped and there was no way to change that because then I needed them to somehow change or how they raised me to somehow change. And that's what kept me very, very, very stuck. And that the people that come to me for help, That's where they're very stuck. And they're like, I know this isn't working and I can't, this is not getting me where I want to go. So it's very, actually very freeing to take the focus off of those external things and things like our childhood and our upbringing and just put it on us because it's so much simpler and so much more straightforward.
0: What would you have to say? and share with any parents listening right now who have a child like you, who was, who is just very rebellious? Like, yeah. what, what would you like to share to those parents right now? And been like,
1: yeah. don't worry. yeah. <laughs> like it
0: is, yeah. It is not, You are not ruining your kid. This is not on no. you, right?
1: No, to really use it. So I am not a parent. I don't have kids. So I won't pretend to know what that experience is like, but on the other side of having been Been daughter and been that kid, that the more that you can stick to the consequences you lay out for your children and stick to them, even through the temper tantrums, the better off they will be. But to also know that your child is on their own journey. And I think my parents had to let go and let God with me and, that the more you can really focus on being the best you can be for yourself, not as a parent, not for your kid, but, but for as an individual, you. they will yes. learn those lessons. Yes. And you will yes. see that reflected back to you with your kid. And it, my mentor who is a parent, Always suggest, because when I have clients come to me and ask about parenting, I always say, it's not my wheelhouse. I'm not a parent. I don't have kids. I can teach you how to be happy, which is the solution to how you're feeling with your kids. But I don't give parenting advice because I'm not a parent. But my mentor always really suggests the book Love and Logic, um, Mm -hmm. which is really a book that you have to apply to yourself first to hold yourself accountable, and then it will work that method of parenting with your children. But that's the, that's the book that I always recommend love and logic to parents. If you have a rebellious teenager or a rebellious kid, love and logic is a really, really wonderful method. And it's something that you can apply to yourself to hold yourself accountable and to learn to parent yourself. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Okay, cool. My next question
0: is now that you have truly found you know yourself and you're living in integrity and 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 happiness happiness is your default setting um do you go back to practice any of those modalities that you used to love and get more out of it now because now it's not an external thing but it's something that you can just use as a tool for oh I need to really like slow down the pace I'm going to go meditate for a little do now Mm. are those things working for
1: you no, I don't practice any of those things okay. anymore. And and what I share is that when you are happy and connected to yourself, our natural state is being internally slowed down. So when we are connected to ourselves, we we are slowed down. And what I have found in that is then there is no need for meditation because I'm I'm already slowed down. I'm already connected to myself, I'm already self-aware and able to see things for what they are. It's really neat. And I used to be a really sped up person internally. Like I said, I had a lot of anxiety. You were in like sixth gear all the time. Yeah. And yeah. And when, when we're happy and slow down and connected to ourselves, there's you can do those things because you like them. Mm -hmm. For me, I never, I always hated meditation. I was not good at meditation. Um, So it was never my thing. It
0: felt forced from day one.
1: It did. And now they're just, there wouldn't be a need for it. Now I do work with people who come through my program and they work with me to learn how to be happy, to have that roadmap and, and to, to build a connection to themselves and a relationship with themselves. And sometimes they find a deeper connection to some of those modalities that they are doing and find them to be Helpful. true to who they are. Yeah. And they do them because they enjoy them as a part of who they are. For me, that was not the case for me. So I haven't picked up any of those things in over eight years and it actually has been so freeing. So the things that I love to do to spend time with myself and and to enjoy myself or things like I love kayaking, not river kayaking, still water kayaking, um, or flat water kayaking. Uh, So I love kayaking. I love baking. I love going and washing my car and taking baths, things like that. Those are the things I really like to do to spend time with myself. So So your self-care
0: practices are just the ones that bring you joy and make you happy.
1: Yeah, that are just an expression of who I am yeah. and that I enjoy connecting with myself in those ways and things that I really love to do. So I share now I'm just a really average, normal, everyday woman that just likes <laughs> typical things and it's so, so freeing and that I don't have to wear that facade of who I think I should be or you know, I have clients, have you heard of this? Have you tried this? And it's always so freeing to be like, wow, that's really interesting. But no, I'm good mm-hmm. um, because I have what I need in myself and myself and have my path that I'm on for myself. And that's what anyone can find that when you really find yourself, you stop seeking that you don't, you don't, you're not continuing to search and search and search because what you've been looking for the whole time is you, yeah, that's what you're it. really seeking.
0: Well, Karen, thank you so much for sharing this. A couple questions. Uh, I always like to ask people, now what? So yeah. like, I think you've kind of answered all of the, the now what's throughout this episode. So a nice little recap is like, you're happy. Yeah. Now what is that you're happy? And I love I that. I am happy. Um, where can people find you? If they want to learn more yeah. about you, if they want to work with you, you know, where, where do you like to hang out on social?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Facebook at Karen Sites, the happiness mentor. Uh, you can also come to my website, ahappinesscourse.com, and you can find me there and would love love to connect with you. And hopefully you can find some really helpful resources on my Facebook page and on my website.
0: Love it. All right, gang. Okay. That is it from us today. If you liked this episode, if it resonated with you personally, or if you know somebody who is having that internal struggle with, with finding their joy and happiness, Please, please, please share this episode with them. It may just help them figure out their own. Now what? So head over to Jess.loves.life and follow me on Instagram. And if you loved this episode, give it a like, give it a share, a subscribe, a review, or even join us as a patron of the show. Head over to patreon.com backslash I just blank now what? and get some behind-the-scenes content with guests, some freebies, some giveaways. Karen and I are going to head over there right now, and she's going to answer a couple of bonus questions. So if you want to hear more from Karen, go and sign up to be a patron of the show. All right, that's it for me. We will see you guys next week for another Now What Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say.